Hi and welcome to Super Anti-Aging Podcast with your host myself, Steve Halpern. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for listening. And if you're one of my subscribers, again, thank you for listening and sharing these podcasts. So much exciting new information going on in the longevity field. I think part of it is, you know, there's a big prize that's been set out um, for the discoveries of some of the scientific breakthroughs. So you have scientists around the world who wouldn't necessarily be involved in longevity research, but now they are. So, and due to open source, a lot of shared information on the web. So let me get into the nice nitty-gritty information. I've been doing some of the true age anti-aging tests on some of my clients and with some really exciting results um, in reversal and slowing of the aging process. I had one client, 86 years old, and we reversed our immune system by 16 years, the biological age or immune system by 16 years of biological age, 11, and that's just the start. So is it possible to slow down the aging process. Well, just look around and you see people in both directions. You'll see individuals who maybe are in their 30s or 40s and they seem to look uh, physically and maybe if you tested them 20 years older. And at the same time, you might see someone, and certainly Dr. Liss has seen it in her medical practice, someone who's you know, chronologically maybe 70 or 80, and biologically, they're 20, 25 years younger. So this is really, really exciting field right now. And I live it myself. <clears throat> Many of you, <clears throat> you don't know me, I'm 76 years old. I'll be 77. Wow, 77 in January. But I work out a couple hours a day. I don't have any age-related conditions. My blood test is great. My biological age is, depending on which lab I'm using, 20, at least 20 to 25 years younger than I am chronologically. So that's really, really super exciting. So the news has hit, a lot of the health news has hit the taurine. I've been telling people about taurine for a long time. Taurine is amino acid. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's in Red Bull. And there's some studies, longevity studies going on that, uh, in fact, even a human uh, trial that seemed to see uh, show some age reversal with the amino acid taurine. Is it safe? Yes. Are there particular side effects? No. What would be a Good dose, anywhere from one to two grams of taurine. You can use taurine powder. You can use taurine pills. My other top of the list is glycine. Glycine is part of glutathione, glutamine, glycine, and cysteine. And many of my listeners who have been listening to all these podcasts know that glutathione, which I've been studying and talking about for decades, uh, is key to health. Lower levels of glutathione uh, can predispose to many health conditions. Uh, our liver makes glutathione. You can get some from the diet and certainly cellular manufacture of glutathione or importing of glutathione into the cell. So, so important. 
glycine is part of it, glutamine, glycine, and cysteine. So some studies have shown that a combination of glycine and N-acetylcysteine might have some age-promoting effects. Now, something that I came across uh, really fascinating to me, and I've added it to my list and to my client list, is a specific probiotic. Probiotic. That's been shown to increase glutathione levels. Well, you would say to me, how do you know? Well, they did blood measurements and they got increased in glutathione with this probiotic. So how wonderful that you can have your body making more of this protective glutathione. Again, a key aging amino acid. Now, this whole field of AI <coughs> and nutrition longevity science is really, uh, I, I love it. And the idea of uh, testing out in AI models, because usually, how do you, how do you test? It, it's difficult. You can look at conditions, speed of aging in some of the age tests. But how do you test longevity? Well, you can look at the cell cultures, and you can look at the mice. You can't wait around human beings and say, "Well, you know, okay, I mean, this is we did this intervention and double blind, and they live so long." So we we have to have models. We have to have models to test this out. So. Uh, this is where the AI comes in, and there are actually companies, and I'm working with a company now, that has supplements, longevity supplements, we want to call them uh, age-modifying supplements that have been AI-designed combinations. Really something that's uh, fascinating. In the longevity field, <clears throat> rapamycin. Okay, let me talk about rapamycin Rapamycin is a drug, yes it's a drug, and for people who don't, aren't that familiar with it, and they're going to go do a search on the web, what it's going to say is, uh, well it can have these side effects, yes, rapamycin is used at high dose, or therapeutic high dose, for organ rejection, for preventing organ rejection. It was originally uh, found on Easter Island, and it was discovered that it had antifungal properties. But it didn't really take off as an antifungal drug and then they discovered that uh, through some research that it can have at a certain dose uh, prevent organ rejection and that's what rapamycin is basically used for, organ rejection. Uh, not a huge, huge, huge market but the longevity field has discovered that low-dose rapamycin can work on a process, uh, a system called mTOR, main target of rapamycin. Well, the theory is that as you get older, we speed up. Cellular processes speed up until you just get used up. You know, uh, reserves of cell, uh, stem cells, and uh, other... Uh, important cell systems, mitochondria, just get used up and then there's nothing left. Well, mTOR seems to be involved in this. And so 
many people who are biohacking or experimenting in this now. They even have what's called the Canine Longevity Project uh, to see because you can certainly look at uh, shortened canine life and longevity and health conditions in canines um, uh, with rapamycin. In my experience, and many, Dr. Green, who's a big fan of, of uh, rapamycin, has hundreds of patients on it, is that it can have some very positive effects. Now, of course, if you have health conditions and you're working with your medical doctor, you might want to do some blood tests and discuss this. But basically, at the low dose, it seems to have very minor uh, risks. And it can stimulate bone. There are studies on periodontal disease and arthritis and uh, whole list. I mean, you could do a search on rapamycin on Google, and uh, you can, you know, there are even sites on the web where you can virtually get rapamycin. And I think of all right now um, medication, what we call drug intervention, this is at the top of the list. Now, a lot of people are using metformin. And uh, they're doing a clinical trial on metformin and the idea that you might see some positive uh, age marker uh, reversals in age-related conditions. Well, it certainly makes sense. We don't quite understand why it does what it does, but certainly controlling insulin functioning, you know, di diabetes, uh, pre-diabetes might be a factor. And maybe that many individuals actually have prediabetes that hasn't been really diagnosed or, uh, you know, insulin dysfunctioning, you know, producing insulin resistance, and that might be a factor. But we don't know all the mechanisms, but certainly metformin is, is out there. And uh, berberine seems to have some similar effects. In fact, uh, berberine now on uh, TikTok is, <laughs> is taken off. Um, with an uh, incredible amount of ex you know, uh, interest and exposure uh, given the use of the, uh, of the weight loss pill that people are using now. And as uh, Dr. Lewis pointed out, there is, uh, I forget how you say it, Omzapak, <laughs> I can't even pronounce it. it. It's a hot drug now. It was originally used for diabetes, but now it's promoted as a weight loss drug. Even though there is a black box warning for pancreatic cancer risk, and uh, some people are going to respond and some people aren't, I think that if you have the right genes, it's going to work. And if you have the wrong weight loss genes, it's not going to work. And then you have to go to higher doses, which is a problem. So berberine, kind of interesting. Berberine has um, some interesting uh, effects. It can have a blood sugar effect. But surprisingly, there are some really good cancer protection and maybe even cancer treatment uh, research articles on berberine. So it might be something you might look at. Uh, getting a good source of berberine would be important. You know, there's a lot of fake supplements out there now. So that's uh, on my list. And I've talked many, many, many times about NMN. The supplement NNM increasing NAD levels, and people are using all sorts of NAD um, you know, precursors. 
niacin amide and nicotine amide ribosome and various ways of doing this and certainly even exercise will increase NAD levels and NAD levels drop as people get older or they're under major stressors and it seems to have a lot of uh, great interest um, as an anti-aging uh, supplement by the way as an anti <laughs> one of my one of my clients sent me an article a news article that this uh, supposedly biohacker blogger was taking a hundred different uh, longevity supplements and she was feeling bad and getting headaches and not feeling really really good and so there was a whole uh, negative take because negative news gets exposure oh what was she doing and yes <laughs> uh, a non-personalized anti-aging program longevity program doesn't make any sense and you want to know what you're taking what's missing what your gene system is maybe what your age marker is before you engage in something and then gradually you know adding to your supplemental program when I put people on the longevity program we start slow we start hopefully if they if they're open to it with some medical intervention on medical supervision to see how they're responding and this is why we're getting great results now remember it's not just okay I'm just gonna take some a bunch of uh, uh, supplements to work on my gene system turning on and turning off the expression of certain uh, positive genes working on my inflammation which is so so important a really key factor but other things you're doing you know what's your exercise program like okay what's your uh, what's your heart rate variability what's your balance issues um, and your diet of course now I'm looking into it there are now a lot of uh, nutrition gene tests to look at what might be appropriate in your diet and I think that that has some validity um, let me give an example suppose you have <clears throat> a B vitamin issue with uh, folic acid and you're not making the active folic acid the methotetrahydrofolate so so important and you're taking normal folic acid well your blood level is going to show folic acid but you still could be deficient because we're not measuring the methotetrahydrofolate and that goes for the rest of the B vitamins there uh, are you taking or are you converting these B vitamins into the active form paradoxin 6-phosphate for instance for B6 and so looking at your nutrition genes would be important okay and then you can appropriately supplement and from decades and decades of nutrition counseling and in my own personal experience we all have biochemical individuality and uh, I know for instance if I take a considered good supplement it doesn't agree with me I don't know why okay might be <laughs> eventually we'll discover it so the rule of thumb is there's two rules of thumb that I use okay there's a Hexheimer reaction okay where you might take something and temporarily you don't feel like great and that might be part of the healing in the body and detoxifying 
certainly sometimes when you take probiotics, a lot of probiotics, you might get constipated temporarily, you might get a lot of gas. Well, the system is changing. Okay. But certainly listening to your body and you take something and you feel bad <laughs> all the time, every time you take it and you can't figure it out and you rotate through your supplements as one of the times, every time I take that, I don't feel good. Okay. Don't take it. You know, the doctor joke, well, go to the doctor and, you know, doctor, my arm hurts when I move it this way. Well, don't move it this way. Well, if you eat this food and it makes you feel bad, don't eat it. Another interesting, or I love the word interesting, I just cause everything interests me, but the whole idea of blood circulation and all the microcirculation. And I've done this experiment with myself and some of my clients, and I've added, I don't necessarily have a cardiac risk. All my cardiac markers are good, and my EKG is good, and my, uh, I'm not concerned about a plaque issue. But I started to add some nanokinase, natural compound that seems to be a natural blood thinner, and seem to feel different. I seem to even feel better. Well, why not? Okay. I've asked, uh, I've also added uh, herpesine, brain nutrient, and uh, venopositine. Venopositine um, was a pharmaceutical in Europe, and uh, it seems to work on memory and concentration. Venopositine, herpesine, something you might take a look at because uh, the biggest concern, certainly I'm a baby boomer, and is loss of uh, cognitive functioning. We don't want loss of cognitive functioning. We want to keep that brain going. So come to the end of this podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you want to communicate with me, you can go to Stephen Nutrition at Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Stephen Nutrition at gmail.com. Maybe put your comments on these podcasts, uh, where the podcast is. And uh, again, please share it. Please subscribe if you're a new listener. It even motivates me <laughs> even more when I see I have a number of listeners. Again, thank you so much for listening.